Hey friends, thank you so much for tuning in to our 100th episode, which we recorded live at the Die Laughing 50-Hour Comedy Marathon. I want to take a moment to say a special thank you to everyone who has taken the time to come on our show, and everyone who's taken a moment of their time to recommend us to a friend. That means so much to us, you know, we really don't have a budget for advertising, so we rely on our guests and fans to spread the word about the show. We are delighted that we've made it this far, and we're really looking forward to seeing what comes next and making more episodes for you. Thanks again, and enjoy the episode. Everyone to the Movie Machine Podcast. We love Jenna. Yeah. All right. Welcome to the Die Laughing live recording. A special note, this is our 100th episode. So you are here live with us and sharing our 100th episode with us. Jenna Young of Fearless Comedy Production has graced us with her talent and presence as our guests. We do a guest every week of their show. We are going to make up a movie based on a random prompt from the internet. We programmed a uh, AI interface called The Movie Machine. It grows more and more sentient each day. <laughs> and uh, it's developed its own thermal printer now that prints its prompts out for us. Uh, and uh, <laughs> if you don't know, these people to my right are the Hollywood elite. They have extensive resumes. So our writer, Jacob Gulliver, who wrote all of Meek's lines in Thor Ragnarok. Ben Lifson here. He's our director today. He was lined up to direct the new Dracula movie and the universe that Tom Cruise just fucking killed. Sorry, Aww. Ben. So he's probably going to be delivering pizza or driving Lyft right now. So, And Jenna Young, our producer, who has such sights to show you. Oh, yes. Anyway, so the movie <laughs> machine has a prompt for our uh, Hollywood elite to pitch, starting with our writer. This is a wacky crime story. The main character is a suave psychic. The start of the story is adoration, and the end of the story is addiction. Absolutely. So this is something that I've been working on for a while. I have this idea about a guy who kind of, you know, gets started as like a, uh, you know, like a junk shop owner or something like that. And, you know, starts joking, oh, yeah, I'm psychic, so I can find the perfect thing for you in my, my wonderful shop. Definitely like a big city environment with lots of little shops kind of around him. So it's this kind of environment where like everybody supports each other and he can find a good like market there to just kind of con people. But then he starts realizing that he is actually a psychic. He starts figuring out these things about people and is, is trying to you know determine like you know how do I talk to people about this you know is it ethical for me to be doing this now that I actually have this power it's weird like should I still be lying to them about this or should I still be like trying to sell them stuff should I be using this for good so I want this kind of like conflicted character who's very very charming and can kind of talk his way out of everything and so he wants to be you know this like cultural figurehead he wants to be adored in this way by the, the community, but he ends up, you know, realizing that's not the the way that he wants things to go eventually. And he'll start, you know, branching out and he'll like actually start using his gift to help people. I like the idea that there's some, you know, like neighborhood institutions, you know, local shops that are starting to close. And he's using his gift to kind of subtly figure out 
how can I keep these open? Where can I get the, the money from to, to get this up and running? So he's, he's going to various different shops. He's figuring out who will pay the most for some of this stuff. He's trying to kind of, you know, milk some of the, the richer folks who are coming in and trying to gentrify the neighborhood to sell some of this junk in his shop so that he can, you know, make money to help these people out. And then, you know, I think eventually he starts realizing that like the, the psychic gift that he's using is taking a toll on him. So the more times he uses it, it's, it's becoming this sort of like addictive thing and it's, it's draining him. He's becoming weaker, almost like it's a, a disease that's afflicting him. So he's trying to find a way like, you know, how far do I push this? I'm, I'm clearly doing some good finally, but I don't want to destroy myself in the process. And I like kind of leaving the, the ending sort of ambiguous, so we don't actually find out whether or not he ends up, you know, destroying himself with his own gift or not. But, you know, we get the, the sense that he has helped this community and he has kind of turned a corner and changed away from becoming this sort of charlatan character. All right, you got a name for this film about your charismatic gentrification fighting psychic. Uh, I'm gonna call it Mind's Eye. All right, director Ben, you have the first script for Mind's Eye about a super charismatic gentrification fighting psychic who gets addicted to his own power. How are you going to make this thing pretty? Make it art. So I have a couple ideas here. So first off, I really want to emphasize, you know, the the con artist at the very beginning for the psychic. So we're going to get someone who we can see as like, you know, a mechanic kind of person. So we're going to get Danny DeVito. Um, <laughs> And, you know, because then we can have all these scenes of Danny DeVito trying to scam people. I think he can pull that off really well. And I think he can really do drama as well. So when he's doing psychic, just like bulge his eyes out and then CGI people will do whatever, whatever they do there. They'll, they'll smear some pixels all over the screen or whatever they do. I, I don't know. How technical of you. Yeah. Well, you know what? I compartmentalize things, okay? When I was working on Dracula, they didn't ask me about effects. They already had all of the effects for me. They just wanted me to, you know, deal with the actors, which they said was like a low priority. But whatever. So it's all going to be on green screen. So... Because that's how movies are made now. You know, we'll have him improvise the scam artist scenes because I think Danny can really... You can believe that he's a trickster because I think people will trust him. You know, when you see Danny DeVito trying to sell you something, you know, you're going you're gonna to believe anything he says. And then he'll get psychic powers, which, you know, we got to give an origin for. Um, and that's going to actually lead into the ending that I actually am going to write because ambiguousness is boring. So we're going to have Psychic Dracula, and it's going to tie in with my rejected script. So Psychic Dracula, who will be played by Johnny Depp, is actually, that's the person who, he has given powers to Danny DeVito, but Danny DeVito... So you're saying that Johnny Depp bit Danny DeVito and gave him the psychic powers? Yeah, well... Is that what you're saying? He, he gave him a mental bite because he's a psychic vampire. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Right. <laughs> That All makes right. so much more sense. Right. Thank you. Um, right. Thank you, Ben. So, Jenna, as a producer, yes. you got to give this uh, green screen film drama starring oh. psychic vampire Johnny Depp and oh. Danny DeVito. Oh, I just want to emphasize, we're shooting on a green screen, but we will put things in the green screen. So, uh, when we release the film, it won't look like it's on a green screen. Okay. So, it's, it's a touching drama about Johnny Depp mind-biting Danny DeVito and Danny DeVito fighting hipsters. So, what budget and how do you make this piece of turd make money 
Um, I mean, great film. I'm, I'm actually really excited about this film. I think that it has great potential, uh, especially with the, the Danny DeVito thing. And I've never known before that I wanted to see Danny DeVito and Johnny Depp in a movie together, so I think that's fantastic casting. I think what I'm missing right now is uh, something sympathetic. I think that... Danny DeVito might need like a, a dog or a, a nephew or something to, 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 so that he can show his heart. Ooh, actually, here's what I'm thinking. I think we need Danny DeVito's psychic powers to make him capable of conversing with a dog. I think this is important. I think this is really going to help sell that mental connection thing. And I think the other thing I really want to see, can we have, I want a scene on a pirate ship. Is there any way that we can kind of throw You're the producer. You can do whatever yeah. the hell you well, want. What, what, what I'm thinking, though, I, I want it on a real pirate ship. We can green screen whatever, but I want a real pirate ship. Mm. And I want to see them, like, I want a walking the plank thing where there's, like, a last-minute change-of-heart type thing. Like, oh, no, you don't need to walk the plank. I forgive you or whatever. Something like that. And then also, since we are going to green screen this, we need just kind of like a travel montage. I think that'll help. Like, kind of, because it's about, like, finding yourself and, like, getting over certain things. I want to see... Just like uh, uh, finding yourself shown in travel, like you're looking for different things, looking through places and, and finding your way through addiction. I think that would be a fantastic thing. Like a, I like to consider myself a bit of an artist too sometimes. So like just a way of, of, of showing that that's also explosions. I'm going to need more explosions. Oh, well, obviously. Okay, good. So we're on the same page for explosions. So Psychic yeah. explosions. Psychic explosions. Are we going to see, can we do the thing where like we go into the mind? Yes, this, this, this I need. We go into the mind and you see the psychic explosion that's inside. Inside the mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like the, the super zoom, like you go through the eye into the brain. Kind oh, yeah, of this thing. is a cerebral film. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. So, yeah, oh, I'm, I'm liking what I'm hearing back is feedback. I think right now I'm going to give it uh, 1.5 million. A $1.5 million budget? Yes. All right. So coming back to the writer, you've got the notes <laughs> from the director in the studio. Uh, they want more explosions, a real pirate ship, a talking psychic dog who talks back to Danny DeVito, and you got a whopping $1.5 million to do it. How they got Johnny Depp to work for that, I have no idea, but good luck. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm going to go to a couple of, like, you know, production house friends of mine, and I'm going to itemize a, a list of, like, stuff I need and how much it costs, uh, and I'll just kind of subtly send that over to to the studio and let them know that the the budget's probably not going to cut it for what what she wants. I'm you know I'm okay with some of these changes. I think you know one way we can kind of get around having like a, a live action or CG dog that talks. I like the idea that there's like you know like a, a piece of rare pottery that's like this beautifully sculpted Scottish terrier, and that's the thing that Danny DeVito is talking to. So he has this this item in his shop, and it's like his favorite item. And then one day it starts talking to him, uh, and that's like how he realizes that he has these psychic gifts. I don't know if I necessarily like the idea that Johnny Depp has psychically bitten him uh, though I'm you know given the kind of oddball nature of this film I think you know there's there's a possibility we could include like a psychic vampire thing just let's leave that for the end so that we have make it something interesting that happens in the third act so we can really make the beginning part about Danny and his ceramic Scottish Terrier 
I think there's also an interesting thing with, you know, some of these like explosions and like pirate ship stuff, you know, maybe he gets some of his ideas and like visions in waves. Um, so like he, he'll end up, you know, dreaming and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm on a pirate ship now. And, you know, I've got my Scottish Terrier friend with me and we're something crazy is happening. And then like at the end of this, he realizes something that actually impacts what happens, you know, the next day in his store. So he's getting these kind of obtuse visions that, you know, actually do something he just doesn't realize it until it's happening so that that kind of stuff absolutely i like the idea of like you know maybe there's you know an action sequence dream or um you know maybe he like you know tips over the the scottish terrier by accident and like a, a little chip comes out of the side and it like causes this you know psychic wave and he's suddenly in like an action movie or something for a few minutes all this um, sort of energy that's flowing between these two characters and impacting the real world and then we can have these really great contrasts with you know just like normal people trying to live their life in this neighborhood and i think that'll be really fun you know i think that would be you know something that it'll be kind of cute it'll have little elements of humor little elements of you know action and drama but you know it'll still have some heart to it it'll still be something that people will will remember and get interested in yeah i'm, I'm pretty happy with my new draft yeah great so ben the second draft of the script comes out they've pretty much incorporated all your ideas but instead of being literal they're all in danny devino's mindscape currently you have all your pas rubbing all the quarters you have together trying to get more budget for this film but how you feeling man so this is a little less money than i was expecting with my vision but i've thought of some clever workarounds so first off we have to cast the dog it's sarant but you know we still need to talk you, so you want a voice actor right, right exactly okay, okay. so I'm thinking to save money, you know who you don't have to pay a lot is dead actors. So, and if you're doing a voice, you don't need them on set. You just need sound clips. We're going to get Dom DeLuise to voice the dog. And, you know, he's been enough stuff. We can, like, you know, just grab clips together and just work them together. It's like can... four hours of unused clips from uh, Every Which Way But Loose, yeah. I think. We can basically... Or one of the Cannonball Four or whatever. Or we, we can mean. just... Yeah, there's... He voices a talking skateboard exactly. in the skateboard kit. Right. I don't think anyone saw that film, so... Right. We'll probably just pull every line from that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, we also can't use Johnny Depp anymore. He... He doesn't work for cheap, I've discovered. So... And he's also not a great person. Well, I mean, uh, so um, <laughs> I, I had another person on there. That light who, means the movie machine agrees with you. That who is also dead. But, uh, you know, if it's in the mindscape, we can use archival footage of Fred Gwine, Gwini, the, the Munster dad. And, you know, it's a, it's a connection because his grandpa was a vampire. And actually, you know what? If I mean, I would have used the grandpa, but all his stuff is black and white and... I mean, he's already dressed as a vampire, which... Actually, you know what? Mindscape, it can be black and white. We're going to get the Munster Grandpa Vampire because he's already in costume. And, you know, the CG people, you know, they can just cut an outline. And it'll, it's black and white because he's a mental vampire, so it's a metaphor. Explosions, you know, we'll just use the After Effects stock explosions. Now, I would argue that a pirate ship is not a good idea with our budget, but since... We still have to do that. We are going to, you know what? Modern pirates. So we are going to just take our production crew, I have a yacht, and you know, we're gonna hide our cameras and just wait for us to get captured. 
you know, it's like the remember the Revenant, the the bear. Just, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. And that got a lot of Oscars because of all the horrible conditions they were in. You know, people talk about like they filmed in the cold and it was so terrible. Well, we are going to get so much recognition because we intentionally put ourselves in danger and got captured by actual pirates to make this film. <laughs> all right, thank you, Ben. Good luck with that, uh, producer Jenna. I don't know if you plan on being on uh, on shoots, but uh, I'd be warned. But uh, your cast has been budgetized. You still got Danny DeVito, well, and then you got the voice of Dom DeLuise and one of the monster vampire people. Like archival footage, they've your editing teams have worked their magic on, and it's the, yeah. So how you feeling? I love the direction that this is going in. I, I, Are I, you sure? I, yes, this okay. is, this is incredible. I am so excited for this. I love the represent, I love the idea of using real pirates to get that actual pirate feel into it. Unfortunately, I'm going to be busy that day washing my bed sheets, so I will not be on the shoot. However, I think that using actual live pirates, it like brings that reality into this, which for being such cerebral thing is just incredible like it's it's like bringing the real into the dream I love that I think that's fantastic I'm super excited for uh, editing in the vampire dad that just sounds amazing to me I love the idea of the contrast of that that just sounds really really good you know what I think in order to make sure that we get some of those explosions, though, because explosions are really important to me in this, I think I want to up the budget just a little bit. Oh, uh, really? I found a little bit more money. So we're going to up it to about $7 million. I know it's not that much more in the grand scheme. I mean, scheme Get Out was made for like $2 million, yeah, So, I mean, that's I, like I think triple the budget of Get Out it, or something. Yeah, and I think, so. I think this is totally doable within that context. But I really need to see more explosions. Uh, explosions are big. Also, if we can get like a little sideline with a kid or something like that. Kids are cute. People love kids. Kids make money. Oh, yeah. Working yeah. with child actors is fantastic. I, right? I mean, they're just adorable. They've got to be sweet all the time. Yeah. So, child yeah. Labor I think, laws are fun to work with. I think that, yeah, we can we can just throw a kid in there. And maybe it's just this once in a while kid that shows up as, as a part of the whole little shop scene thing. But, yeah, I think I want to see more of that. Also, oh, if we could get one, one scene with Danny DeVito in the real world small shop area things, but like actually in one of the shops that's a China shop. And if he can like accidentally knock some stuff over, that just delights me in my brain. Do okay. You want, do you want him to do it psychically or clumsily? I want, I want that clumsily. I want to see the, the person behind the brain. Ah, okay. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to add, Jenna, before you send this off to audiences and reap what you've sown? No, I think I'm good. All right. So, like you said, the movie machine's an ever-evolving AI. So I'm taking all this data I've collected, and I'm inputting to the AI, and it's running a full-on simulation into the real world. This movie is real, and the movie machine's going to tell us how this movie does. And when I pull the lever on the movie machine, it's going to sound like a pirate sea shanty. Yes. You all heard that, right? All right. So this movie comes back and the movie machine was totally prepared for it to be a terrible piece of shit. And it wasn't because what, what you did is by casting Danny DeVito and doing this weird absurdist thing with Dom DeLuise and literally putting your crew in danger and that funny little kid you had that just like shows up to Danny DeVito and makes fun of him on his bicycle a few times. People love like that's 
there's gifts of that all over the internet and the always sunny fandom shows up in droves to support this movie and uh, it makes 115 million box office which on your 7 million dollar budget is just insane it's the you guys release it in February when normally luckily you didn't go against Black Panther you would have been buried but you went you know a, a February where Black Panther wasn't the best movie to see <laughs> in this usual February month and it didn't everyone's like oh look at this weird avant-garde Dom DeLuise Danny DeVito led dark comedy that's what they think it is because the pirate scenes are very dark because the fear of your actors is real as they get AK-47 shoved in their faces <laughs> and the the greatest thing that comes out of this is one of your crew had his own like handy cam and his iPhone and he filmed the whole hostage situation thing and cut it into a documentary. He wins Oscars and becomes this big. He actually gets to helm a new monster universe. The universe gets to reboot it and your your crewman that cut the documentary gets to do it. So you guys made lots of money. Uh, Always Sunny. You do get to, to guest direct like two episodes of Always Sunny because of this success bin. So oh, like, yeah, they're on what, season 14 or something now? It's great. Everyone's watching that show. So the thing the movie machine also does is give us two minutes per person of time travel magic. So you can examine your choices and you can undo or change anything you've made or call your movie art and make it a day. So starting with our writer, would you change anything? Let me ask you a question in response. Have you ever seen Danny DeVito eat a hard-boiled egg? No, but I suddenly have a strong desire to. (laughs) Well, I I have to tell you, it's one of the most incredible experiences of my life. And when I started working on this movie, I had this idea for this sort of, you know, heartwarming community tale about a charlatan who moves into, you know, something that was more of a benefit to this community. And, you know, as I got these suggestions, I didn't think that there was going to be anything there, but... You know, sort of through the the Terry Gilliam effect, we have sort of ended up in a place where it's sort of the weird stuff that we did is somehow enjoyable. So, you know, I I don't really want to change anything. You know, it's it's fine as it is. I just want to, like, you know, write more stuff and see if I can get Danny DeVito to eat more things in weird ways. Because that that seems to be, like, the, you know, the most fun I had on this. Uh, Completely unrelated to Danny DeVito eating, I I am missing several toes. They, They got infected while we were on the ship for so long and i mean you know it's it's rough and Um, they took one for ransom right yeah (laughs) for the ransom letters it's i still have that toe (laughs) i mean did you keep it on ice like well it's not gonna do you any good now okay (laughs) (laughs) well yeah i mean i would have liked to keep my toes but you know we, we made some art so i think i'm pretty happy with that um, I think, you know, maybe my only regret was, you know, not pushing hard for somebody with some, like, real heavy-duty acting chops as the the Scottish Terrier. I would have loved to see, like, a you know, a Tilda Swinton or a Michelle Yeoh <clears throat> playing that role. It's like, you know, as a contrast to goofy Danny, but yeah, whatever. It is what it is. You mean Dom De- the just rehashed audio from Dom DeLuise as the Terrier? Right. So I'm saying... Oh, you have, wa- have wanted another... a real actor instead of Yeah, sound instead of archival, gotcha. archival sounds. Okay. Are you saying voice actors are real actors, so, so, sir? So, Ben, no. the oh, only man. change the writer really made was changing... Uh, you said Tilda Swinton or Michelle Yeoh. I mean, that was just, you know, what? a suggestion. I don't. We don't have to go with right. that. I like it the way it was. So, so those are the changes made. You feeling good? Or are you going to change something different? Or are you going to call it art and accept your always sunny director paycheck? Well, I'd normally be fine, but that crew member crossed me and got into the dark universe before I did. It's so okay, I'm going to focus on him. So, first off... I'm going to, under the table, 
talk to the pirates and suggest, as they're filming this, uh, as the crew members filming this with my time travel magic, and suggest that their demands would be more effective if they made an example of one of the crew members. Um, and, I'm just, and I'm just gonna, you know, I, I'm not gonna say anything, but you know, suggest that, you know, that crew member has a lot of people who really like him. And it would really make a big impact if something were to happen to him and his cell phone were to be left behind, though. I mean, I'll, I'll figure out how I'm going to phrase this. I, I know this is a very specific implication I'm trying to give. Because and, of the implication? Right. Yeah. And so I will uh, then have the phone in, like, this is all theoretical, of course. I'm not, yeah. you know, suggesting murder, but uh, it's not murder if it's in international waters. That's But... Uh, <laughs> And I will have recovered the phone and like, this was taken from one of my dear friends. I'm dedicating this film to him and I'm directing it. And this was my idea to make it. And, you know, like if then I get hired later to make my Dark Universe Psychic Dracula film, that'll be great. All right, Jenna, you got... Two minutes of time travel magic in a very impressive mummified toe collection. How are you feeling? Oh, I'm feeling fantastic. I I mean, I knew this was going to sell big, obviously, but I did not expect quite the turnaround that we got. I was unhappy with a couple of small negative reviews that we got, specifically about that that dog. I think, I think we should have made it a real dog. I know that the ceramic thing was very symbolic and very everything, but I really think like a golden retriever or something like that would have just sold better. I, I was unhappy with the negative reviews on the, the voice acting and the... You still um, got like a 94% Rotten Tomatoes. Critics right, loved yeah. it, yeah. I mean, yeah, but... But still, like you know, you you strive for perfection in art, right? <laughs> so so yeah, I think I I would definitely replace the dog with a real dog, and I I, I definitely agree with the the getting an actual live actor for that dog. I feel like that dog could have taken a much more prominent role, and and really just kind of helped tie some of this stuff together. I think. The other choice I probably would have made is I think we focused a little too much on the the travel portions of it. I may have pulled that back just a little bit. I, we 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 explored like so many different cultures in that, and I think I think it was a little overwhelming. So I would have pulled that back a little bit. Maybe not Egypt, possibly not Russia, but I think pulling that back just a touch. Same budget, because I'm, I'm a huge believer in, you know, enough constraints to get the job done. Oh, and more explosions. Okay. So the changes you all, you like, you didn't mess with the film too much, so it's still a huge success and everything. However, uh, Ben, you do get an Oscar for Best Documentary with oh. your, your footage about the lost crew member and everything. Fantastic. Uh, you did forget that that crew member had a family, and they sue you oh. for using his footage to make profit. So all proceeds you get from that film go to them and you still have to sleep every night knowing his death is your fault no so pirates i i I just so that's the movie machine everyone uh (laughs) this is how films get made in hollywood and those of you who have been listening to us through our first 99 episodes know we uh (laughs) used to end every episode with words from our patron saint guy fieri we still love guy and he is still means so much and inspires us every day but we realize we need to reach out to a younger demographic Mm. and we wanted to make sure that we end each episode with a quote from wisdom from the youth that really are in touch with reality so Jaden smith is our new patron saint and we're going to end this episode with one of his fantastic quotes 
most trees are blue. 